0: Welcome to The Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of The Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about Mastering the Look Ahead Part 2 with the help of special guest Ben Reynolds of Kawartha Lakes Construction in Ontario, Canada. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show.
1: Hey everyone out there, Tim Fowler here. And thank you so much for tuning in to the Tim Fowler Show. So planning, planning, planning. And anyone that's ever heard me speak, uh, you've, all, you've heard me say plan, plan, plan. We're seeing great results in companies where they actually take time on a daily basis to plan and really uh, look ahead in terms of their projects. And so a lister had uh, written in, asked about this. And as I said before, uh, on a previous episode, which was part one, Uh, I started realizing that lots of companies do this in different ways. And so we had the folks from hearth builders on and they have certain things that they do. Lots of very good ideas that we got from them. And so I thought it would be great just to have at least part two in the series and who knows, maybe we'll have part three some other time, but we're going to be talking with some friends of ours uh, up north of the border in uh, Ontario and just finding out what do they do and how do they do it differently perhaps than what some other companies do. So my hope for the listener is that you can take ideas, whatever fits your company in a way that that seems to be best. You can take some ideas from Kawartha Lakes. You can take some ideas from Parth. You can go to a seminar somewhere and they're doing something else, but take all these little pieces and start putting them into place because one thing we know for sure is that when we look ahead on projects when we plan
0: properly they run much more smoothly so let's jump into it steve yeah tim i'm very excited for this topic and finally we're segmenting topics which i think is a great idea so ben reynolds is the production manager for kawartha lakes construction based out of lakefield ontario canada He has held the role of production manager for the past five years, with his previous role being that of Project Lead, which is a lead carpenter managing a job site. Before joining Kawartha Lakes Construction, he ran his own small company, which mainly focused on new post and beam construction. When he was wearing the tools, his projects always hit the preset milestones and had an extremely high success rate of delivering a project on time. Welcome to the show, Ben. Thank you for having me.
1: Hey, no problem. So this is really fantastic. So like I said in the intro, we uh, have had one show already, part one on mastering the look ahead. And uh, I'm excited to kind of see what things are a little bit different for you guys and and how does it all uh, blend together. But before we get right into that, give us a little more information about Kawartha Lakes and the type of work that you guys do, maybe average job size, things like that.
2: Sure, Tim. Um, in Corth Lakes, we mainly deal in the cottage country industry. So we're working on people's second homes, uh, usually in a remote area. A lot of our work is done by off of lakes. It's uh we use snowmobiles, uh, ATVs, boats, and barges to get to sites. So it's a little bit different than working in your urban settings. Um, it's a lot of a lot of uh, challenges, but but it is a lot of fun here at Court of Lakes construction. We are a design build <laughs> firm. So, uh, and, and we do some pretty extensive re- uh, renovations as well as restorations to some of the older cottages.
1: So I, I heard somebody at a conference one time talk about the lumberyard run thing. And they were talking about working on an island and, and how they had to have every single thing there in order to use it. And there really wasn't the option of running to the lumberyard. And then we compared it to the company that had their work like within a mile, there's always a lumberyard, and how many more times <laughs> they ended up going to the lumber yard. So give us a little rundown, like if you're working on an island, like what's the planning got to be like to make that happen?
2: Well, Tim, you're right. There is a lot of planning on an island. And ironically, everyone takes part of it just because they know it's such a hindrance to go and get anything. So right down to your staff, they come fully equipped with lunches and food. Uh, for the jobs that we do close to our, our office on mainland, the trips to the office and the the elongate, uh, the, the lunch breaks, everything is just longer. Um, Island work takes so much planning. Every night the crew has to meet, they have to decide, hey, what do we need tomorrow to get our job done? And, yeah. and they have to make sure they pick it up at nighttime. They have to arrange for deliveries because not only are you dealing with a boat, but you also, it's limited parking around lakes and where you pick up supplies. So you have to meet it at a material delivery, get the material out of there in a very quick fashion. So it's difficult, but it's just planning and, and a lot of communication.
1: Yeah, that's, that's super. So give us a little idea of how you guys are structured, like who, who's involved in a project. And because I know this will play into the, the look ahead. So how, how are you guys structured in terms of the people that are involved in a project, both from the planning design stage as well as the production stage?
2: okay so when the project is first so uh it first comes in when the lead first comes in the sales force first get a hold of it and once it starts to look like it's going to be a fruitful project then a project developer and, an, and a designer are assigned to that the project developer is estimating and putting all of the, the the scope of work together and all of the resources needed to complete that project once a project has successfully passed the design stage then it is assigned to either a project lead who is a lead carpenter, uh, skilled on the tools, probably about 50% of his time is still on tool, and and the other 50% managing, or a project coordinator who is in the field coordinating uh, three to five jobs at any given time.
1: Okay, so you've got a lot of people, their hands in the pie. So when the job is actually in production, What does the project developer do? Uh,
2: The project developer will manage the project from the office. They're going to follow up on special orders and they have to notify the client on a weekly basis to the the progress of their project. They have to give a weekly newsletter to the client and they have to uh, follow and update the schedule, the production schedule to make sure everything's tracking and going to be hitting uh, according to plan. Um, They also have to be on top of all change orders. So change orders need to be addressed and and taken care of immediately.
1: And so does a project lead work independently of a project coordinator or is there always a project coordinator on a job and then sometimes there's a project lead?
2: Um, it depends on the project. If it's a highly sub-traded project, then a project coordinator will be on, involved with a good senior carpenter to help them in, in the technical aspects. But uh, w- we assign a project lead to, a, to any project that is producing more than 100000 in revenue a month where I need a, a good technician on-site at all times. Okay. So the uh, project lead only handles one project live at any given time. Okay. And they're on site 9 hours a day, 5 days a week.
1: Okay, whereas a project coordinator might have 3 or 4 jobs that they're managing in the field. That's correct. Okay, terrific. All right, so we kind of know who all the players are now, and hopefully we can kind of keep the names straight cuz they're a little bit different than most of uh most of us are familiar with. But top of your list Number one thing for making sure that the look ahead works at Kawartha Lakes, that you guys are looking. First of all, how far out are you guys trying to look uh on a regular basis?
2: Uh as far as as far as possible, as far as we can sell out. So we're currently I have projects that we will be producing in two years. So my 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 production look ahead is about twenty-four months out. Um and as soon as a, as a client signs into a design service, they go right on, them, on my production schedule.
1: Okay, so, but job by job, like, okay, let's just jump into the different players here. So the project developer, what is their role in the, in each job in terms of making sure that the job stays on track, that it uh, is hitting the milestones? that materials are being delivered uh, and how far ahead are they looking on, on jobs?
2: A project developer is looking to the completion of that job. So, so uh, for every project they're, they're in 100% control of every project that they're working on. So if it's a kitchen rental, they're looking at the end date. When are we delivering this project? So,
1: okay. so So they're the big picture people.
2: That's right. That's correct.
1: Okay. And then what about the project coordinator? What are they doing on a weekly basis or something to, to actually make sure that their jobs run well?
2: Project coordinators are in charge of making sure the project is executed five days at a time. So they have to create a plan for the, for the next five days and make sure that that plan is, is achieved each day. And if the plan goes off the rails, they have to figure out a solution to get it back on the rails.
1: Okay, so what does that plan look like, or is it a is it a piece of paper, or is it simply a uh, like a handwritten note scribbled in a notebook, or what? What What does that physically look like?
2: That five day plan? So the five day plan that we use is actually an Excel document, and it's created Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and it's up to the project coordinator to start assembling that 5-day plan for the next week. What they have to look at is they have to look at the master schedule. What did the master schedule look say that they were going to be doing? They have to reach out to sub-trades and find out the availability. If they want to, if they want a sub-trade there on Wednesday, can that sub-trade actually make it there? Uh, they have to follow up on material suppliers. So if they want to frame a deck, is the deck material going to be out by that time? Um, the the project coordinator has to make sure that everything is ready to execute their five-day plan. Okay.
1: So when you refer to the master schedule, uh, is that, that's the master schedule for the job and then who, who actually put that together?
2: So the master schedule is owned by the project developer. But here, we typically create it, we'll bring in the uh, project coordinator, myself, I've, I'm involved a lot of times as the production manager and the project developer, and we'll create the master schedule together. And and we look at histories from past jobs. So we, we use a lot of historical um, information to help us estimate how long is it going to take this bit to do this build? Um to get that historical information, we have uh, twenty-seven different divisions on our timesheets, and the field crew have to fill in twenty-seven di- different divisions. And then we da- we we save all that data for uh, future projects.
1: So, so this was a you know beforehand when we were communicating about the the podcast, this kind of stuck in my head. This historical data stuff. I'm really interested because this is kind of a new thing I think for many people I'm kind of interested like how do you actually use that I mean do you how do you actually as the production manager or the production coordinator or developer how do they actually use that for creating the schedule and then maybe even as part of that look ahead process
2: Um well so we're in a unique industry when it comes into The lakes construction is when when we know if I asked any carpenter how long it's going to take them to build a deck, they probably could tell me a week, three weeks. Mm-hmm. Most carpenters will come up with a good, good idea of the time frame. Well, what we're worried mm-hmm. unique is we are actually working on islands, and uh, the weather could be a factor. So we have to say, okay, well, we built this, uh, the, a similar deck in whatever year. How long did it actually take us to build that deck on an island? And a right. totally different ballpark? Uh, material deliveries take longer. everything takes a little bit longer so right. we 've tracked this data. Cortha Lakes construction is thirty one years old now. Uh, we have twenty years of data saved up. It took us ten years to figure out to save this data <laughs> and, and, and over and over the last twenty years we 've been saving data and getting better and better at it right. it 's an evolving process, but uh and, and our people are getting better at putting that data in.
1: Uh, Okay, uh, so so the, the master schedule is created, I'm assuming, before the project even starts. And then the project coordinator is looking at that master schedule and creating this five-day look ahead. I'm just kind of curious why it's only five days. Why don't you guys have like two weeks or three weeks out? Because a lot of people are talking about two- or three-week look ahead. So I'm just kind of curious – it seems to be working um, for you, so I'd like to know what they're, what's going on.
2: So the, the, they go hand in hand. We still have to have a master schedule that we have to adhere to, and we have to deliver a project on time. but project projects tend to go off the rails really easily, easily. Yeah. The only thing that we found that it, we can hold, truly hold our, ourselves accountable for are the like five di- days at a time. Okay, So once okay. at a time we can get accuracy. Two, three weeks at a time, it starts not being so accurate. Okay. So as long as I hold them accountable for five days at a time, they're good with it. And the other thing is that it's kind of a mental mind shift. Uh, a lot of people in the field, they look at a brand new build, and it's huge. It's an elephant. So by five days at a time, they're eating that elephant one bite at a time. Right. And I'm not putting pressure on them. Don't worry about three weeks out right now worry about next week. Can you achieve okay. your plan by next Friday?
1: Okay. So give me a little more. So there's an Excel spreadsheet, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Give me a sense of the level of detail that a project uh, coordinator or the project lead has to put in there. I mean, can, so for if, if I was one of your project coordinators and I wrote uh start framing. Is that okay for the Monday uh, look ahead? And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, framing, 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 framing. Is that the level of detail that you want? Or is there something beyond that that you're looking for?
2: That's lacking detail for me. Um, That might be fine on a large project, but I would probably send that that five-day planner back to them and say, could you explain this a little bit more in depth? So if you're going to be framing, what are you framing? Are you framing a certain portion of the house and how long do you plan to frame that portion of the house? Okay. So I, I ask them to be very specific. And part of the reasons for that is this five day plan is going out to their entire team and the entire team has to know the goal for not only each day, but for the entire week. So that's
1: really interesting. So you say it it has to go out. Um, How does that go out to the team? Is that sent out as an email, like on a Friday afternoon or what?
2: Yeah. So it's uh, I call my production brief. I take uh, at any given time. I think this week, for instance, uh, I've got 22 people in the field, and I think I have seven jobs live currently. Okay. So every Friday I'll get seven five-day plans in. For for last week I would have got seven five-day plans in. And I'll I'll overlay them on my master production brief and I'll send it, that back out to the field teams so that they know who who's working with each other and what they're expected to do each day.
1: So okay, so what's the master production brief? What is that? That's another term.
2: Uh, it, it's just the schedule for, for the next week. Okay. So I copy and paste, I I take their words verbatim what they write in, in their five-day plan, and I copy and paste it onto the, mat, onto the production brief okay. and forward that out in the newsletter to, to everyone in the field.
1: You'd, you'd, be so, amazed, you'd be amazed, Ben, how many companies I run into that they're telling their people every day where they uh, want them to go. How, do you, how did you get past that and get to the point where you can tell people on Friday, okay, next week, this is what you're doing? How did you get there?
2: Uh, necessity, Tim. Uh, with eight <laughs> people in the field, it was kind of easy to do day to day. But all of a sudden, I realized that I was micromanaging more than what I should be. And I didn't want to micromanage. So I, I've only got a certain amount of time allotted for me. And the production brief takes me four hours on a Friday to, to send that plan out to everyone. That's, the, that's four hours well spent. So yeah. that means Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I can spend my days doing other important things. Right, <laughs> right. So, right. so uh, good. Go it's one of the things. Uh, if the guys know that they're going to be at a site for three days in a row, well, maybe they'll they'll stay. They'll be prepared. They might be at that site every morning. I'm not wasting time trying to plan. Um, it, it, it's all in, in trying to better time management is what, what we're trying to achieve.
0: So, Ben, you mentioned, uh, so you on a Friday, four hours planning. Can you just give me, uh, you said 22 people in the field. What's that breakdown in terms of like the org chart? So you and then who, then who, and, and give me those numbers.
2: Uh, for the field team, I have two project coordinators, three project leads. Uh, I have four other senior carpenters. I've got four other uh, carpenters coming up. Uh, a bunch of apprentices and laborers in that mix
0: cool and you also Uh, mentioned uh, 27 different divisions was that in the master schedule or was that for the historical data both okay it's both
2: in in the master schedule and historical data so our divisions go right from designs to site work site preparation footings and foundations excavation framing decks docks etc
0: cool
1: so what is the uh, project lead doing? Are they doing, if they're, ma- are, if they're on a project, are they doing the five-day plan for that?
2: Definitely. They are doing the five-day plan for it. Now, here's the the big interesting thing that I work hard at is I believe everyone should be part of that plan. I think every teammate should be part of it. So I ask the project leads, if they're working with a, with a carpenter and, a, and an apprentice and maybe a laborer, Create that five-day plan together so everyone has buy-in. It's the only way to get it done correctly.
1: Yeah, I've also thought that that, that creates that uh, uh, synergy in terms of uh, working where it makes people more efficient. If I'm just giving them one job to do, they're less efficient than if they know by the end of the week we're trying to get to here. So I think that helps with efficiency as well in terms of getting work done, uh, properly along the way.
2: You're right. And here's the bonus to that, Tim. If a project lead says, Hey, we're going to put TyPar on the walls uh, or a uh, uh, air membrane on the walls on Monday, the laborer might look at them and say, well, we can't do that because we haven't got the staples. So right. the laborers know the quit all the fine little details and they're the ones who can make the plan really happen. So by them being part of the process, you, you get a more accurate process.
1: Wow. So what happens if the project lead and the project coordinator have a different vision? In other words, the project coordinator is looking at the master schedule going, uh, we have to get this done by the end of next week in order to finish the job on time. But the project lead is saying, this is what our goal is for the end of the week. Is there any formalized structure for helping those two people talk to each other and make sure they're on the same page?
2: Actually, there is, Tim. Uh, I, I host a production meeting every Thursday, okay. and they they have to be in that production meeting. It takes about an hour, and everyone states their case. And so they're all vying for resources. And in that meeting, if there's a difference of opinion, well, then we'll, we'll lay all our cards on the table and say, why do you think – you can't get this done. And why do you think they need to get this done? And, and hopefully we come to, to a resolve at that meeting. So okay, that so that good collaboration.
1: Is that the, all the, is that the two project coordinators and the three project leads and yourself?
2: That's correct. And sometimes the project developers might come in to okay. that meeting as well.
1: Okay. All right. So once a week on a Thursday and in an hour's time, you settle all that?
2: Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> it used to take three hours and, and we just kept cutting it down to it in an hour. The trick to that, Tim, is they come to that meeting with a preset plan in mind and, and they say, here's a plan I would like to achieve. And if no one else has any, any arguments against it, then that's easy. They, they, they get to achieve their plan. It's sometimes I might have a different vision for them. Or the project developer might say, could you change your plan to include this? Or, Hey, you forgot about this element. Um, Ultimately we're all working together.
1: Yeah. So I think this is one of the things that I'm seeing in a lot of companies where they're doing a production meeting is everybody comes in and the boss starts asking questions like, how is your job going? And they have to make something up on the spot and, and, One of the things that you said that might have just slipped by everybody, but I want to make sure I emphasize it, is that your people come prepared to the meeting to make their case, not to be asked questions about what's going on. And I think that's a a huge uh, distinction that's very, very important. They have to come with their idea of what's going to happen. And somebody might challenge it, and there may need to be some conversation but it isn't them coming in unprepared and then having to make something up, you know, when, when they're asked a question.
2: No, that's interesting, Tim, because I, I actually almost forgot that. Years ago, they used to come to the meeting and I would tell them what they needed. And right. uh, it was a dictatorship that didn't really work. Right. Um, through a lot of coaching, I oh, learned to change true. my ways and, and sit back and talk very little, just take notes. The meeting is theirs. It's an opportunity to to get the best plan possible and to win the game. Um, And I might ask a couple of questions or keep them on track, but for the most part, I stay quiet. It's up to them. Now, one of the things I did have to do to make that meeting successful is we could, everyone wants to tell their story about the week. They're excited. They want to do something. So we we give them, uh, I give them two minutes of blow-off time and we go around the table and everyone has two minutes to stay. The good, the bad, the ugly, just something important in their life. Their dog bit them, whatever. It doesn't matter. You have two minutes to say whatever you want. And then after about two minutes, now let's get down to the meat and potatoes. So,
1: so, I, so I think everybody listening to this podcast understands that Ben is straight to the point. <laughs> you know, it's like, let's not, let's not mess around with a lot of fluff here. Let's just say what we're going to say and be done with it. And I appreciate um, that. <laughs> I love that blow off time. I think there's a, do you have like a, like a timer that you set for every two minutes or is it, is it just sort of. I keep
2: an eye on my watch and some people might come into the meeting where, um, for instance, I had one person who was having a hard time. His mother-in-law had cancer and he needed Uh, more time And, and the whole room understood that they said, okay, you take all the time you want to talk about. This is extremely important to you. But other people, they might say, hey, you know what, my week's going fantastic. I don't have any need for blow off time. So in a, on average, if there's 10 people in the room, it might take 20 minutes to get through, but, but okay. that's what I set up my agenda for.
1: That's really, that's really, really huge. So as we wind this down, Ben, really appreciate all of this insight. So what do you think might be just a, a, a last minute thing that you'd say to people in terms of looking ahead, planning the jobs out, some little tactic that maybe you can give them that that might just put the icing on this cake
2: i would say don't take the whole problem on yourself involve your team so it's involve everyone get buy-in right across the board and you'll get a better opportunity for a, a realistic plan
1: yeah i love that i love and i i loved you bringing the team in and then them bringing their team in and it makes it everybody looking ahead and not just the people in charge of the project. Very important. Very important. Well, thank you so much, Ben. This has been fantastic. And I look forward to seeing you in the future. Yep. Thank you, Ben.
0: All
2: right. Thanks for having me, Tim. Thanks. Thank
0: please. you. Take care. Tim, I will never cease to be amazed at the things that these certain companies that we work with come up with just the level of detail and sophistication. Um, just, you know, I think if every one of our companies who are in, a, um, you know, urban or or whatever market it is, as he described, but just pretend you're on an island. That would pretty much solve a, a lot of your problems. I mean, can you imagine this? Yeah. the way you could cut down on uh, lumberyard runs? But that was just an excellent episode. He's He's got a, a heck of a thing going on there and just a lot of things moving around. But they, they do a great job.
1: So I think the big thing for me is kind of like what I said while while we still had Ben, was just the idea that they've got everybody engaged in this. And it isn't just the project coordinator or developer in the office trying to make all the strings work and get everybody there. And it's not just the project coordinator out in the field. And it's not even just the project lead. They've got their helpers involved in planning what's going to happen next week. And that's probably really unusual. I, I just kind of picture lead carpenters and project managers saying, go sweep the floor. I'm going to do my planning. Yeah. And the, they have, they're not getting the benefit of that group think or the benefit of um, somebody saying, like Ben mentioned, Hey, what about staples? We don't have any of those. Yeah. You know? And so that, that little thing, I think is one of the big things that we take out of this.
0: Yeah. No matter the level of sophistication, that one uh, thing he said at the end with involving your team, because like you said, even the sweeper, he may notice something or pick up on something that he's going to add to that entire process. It's just, it's awesome. Super duper stuff here. (laughs) So once again, we would like to thank Ben Reynolds for joining us today. And most importantly, we want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Tim Fowler show. And remember, at the Tim Fowler Show,
1: we're working really hard to eliminate it is what it is from your
0: vocabulary. This has been another episode of the Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about roundtables, our world class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.